We're going to talk to Matthew 24. I mean, Luke 24. What would you say, Jeff? You got something? Oh, excuse me. Okay. Luke 24. Now, you remember uh, from uh, Ethan's story that Cleopas and his buddy were um, leaving Jerusalem, going to this little town, of a, a little village of Emmaus. It was the Sunday after Friday. It was the resurrection day. And they were walking along the road, the dusty road, and talking about what had happened that whole week in Jerusalem. They were there for the Passover celebration. And uh, as they walked along, uh, this third person uh, just appeared. I don't know where he came from, but he appeared and started talking to them. And what are you guys talking about? And he said, uh, they said to him, where have you been? Are you a visitor to Jerusalem, do you not know anything that's been going on? And they begin to tell him all the things that have been going on in Jerusalem about how the, uh, the Jewish church leaders uh, had turned Jesus over to the authorities and he had been crucified. And this was the third day. And uh, they thought that he was the Christ, the one who had come to uh, redeem Israel. Uh, but the women uh, went to the tomb and they didn't find anything, and uh, they came back and told the men, and luckily one of the men uh, went to look, it was Peter, one of the men went to look, but he didn't find Jesus either, and so we're going to a mess. And Jesus said, like Ethan told you this morning, well, how foolish you guys are. He said, don't you know the scripture? And Jesus quoted from Old Testament, from the uh, the law and the prophets, that was all the whole Old Testament they had, about how the Christ must come and be crucified and raised again on the third day. And it got toward the evening as they walked on. And the guy said, uh, let's stop here and uh, stay with us and we'll have dinner and spend the night here. And Jesus, he did, they didn't know who Jesus was, but Jesus said, no, I believe I'll go on. They said, no. We want you to really stay with us for the evening. That's an Eastern thing. You really have to insist that people do this. Make sure they know they're invited. And this is what happens next. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we talked, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Hospitality has significant meaning both to the Hebrews and to the Christians. 
hospitality in general was a thing that the people in the East, the Middle East, the Far East, know in a way that you and I just can't comprehend. So hang on. We've got some things to learn this morning. But the people in the East saw hospitality as a sacred duty. A sacred duty. Now this was before they worshipped Yahweh. Hospitality was a sacred duty. Abraham, uh, hospitality means entertaining a stranger graciously. Entertaining a stranger graciously. The Hebrew of hospitality. Now the Jews incorporated this duty of hospitality right into their law at God's command. They established it, however, even before they had the law. You remember the story of Abraham and he hosted, he was hospitable to these strangers that came to him, messengers, angels of God he was unaware of. He washed their feet. He cooked a meal for them. Sarah fixed fresh bread for them. And they escorted them for their safety out of their home, their tent at the time, on their way. That was sacred duty by Abraham. Even today, I'm told, I've not been to a Bedouin tribe. Have you, anybody been to a Bedouin tribe? Did the Bedouin tribesmen say anything to you that would greet you? Well, I tell you what they said. You are among your family. A Bedouin tribe who doesn't know Susan from Adam's house cat. Say, you are among your family and meaning it to them. So that's a little bit about hospitality. In Leviticus 19, here's the instructions that the Hebrew people receive. Do not mistreat foreigners who are living in your land. Treat them as you would an Israelite and love them as you love yourself. In the 23rd Psalm which is probably the most well-known psalm amongst Christendom. The good shepherd prepares for us a table, honors us at that table as people who are important, and fills our cup to the brim. That's hospitality. Now, when the Jewish world was almost entirely Greek-speaking, they used the Greek word, of course, and the Greek word for hospitality is love of strangers. So when Jesus spoke of those who would inherit the kingdom of God versus those who would not inherit the kingdom, Jesus said this in Matthew 25. I was a stranger, and you took me in. 
Now, when the people standing around heard that, what are you talking about, they said, Jesus? What do you mean by this? And Jesus said this, I tell you, whenever you did this, that means welcome a stranger, have hospitality, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did it for me. Hospitality is a pay it forward kind of thing. God has been hospitable to us, so we're to be hospitable to others, especially those of faith who are least among us. You see these guys on the front? You see these guys on the front? Who are they? They're deacons. How did they get to be a deacon? You voted them in. They didn't, they didn't run for office. Well, they may have campaigned, but that's kind of under the, you know, that's under the radar. They didn't campaign for office. You elected them office. You gave them station in this church. Station has nothing to do with character or commitment. We lift leaders up to a certain station in the life of the church. Some people have been in this church since they were babies. And they've been longtime members forever people. And we lift them up because of that longtime presence in this community and in this church. They have station in this church. Other people have station in this church for other reasons. And then there's other people who just don't have any station at all. They're just here. They don't have station. Those are the people who, who we are to be most hospitable to. The people without station. Now, these deacons, they get plenty of attention. Same school teachers, they get plenty of attention. But how about somebody that has no station? What kind of attention do they get? If I understand what's going on here, the least among us are the ones who are supposed to be lifted up. Have you ever been to a Greek Orthodox wedding? Anybody? I've only been to one. I knew some friends in Greensboro who were Greek Orthodox, and they asked me to have a prayer at their wedding. You can't do anything else if you're not Greek Orthodox at the at the service, you're just not authorized to do that. So I didn't know what was happening. So I came to the thing, and I sat down, first place I got. And somebody came to get me and brought me to a chair kind of like this that was sitting up on the stage, uh, facing that direction, not facing the audience. It was a chair of honor, a place of higher station that they brought me to. Now, isn't that the same thing? When Jesus talked about the king who invited the people to come to a wedding. And he said, now, if you've got station in life, don't come in here and park yourself where you think your station is. Park yourself at the lower place so that the host can bring you to a higher place. Not you, but the host. Because the host will decide who to place at what station. 
you and I need to be thinking about the people of the least station in the life of the church and be most hospitable to them. Now, hospitality is primarily, not completely, not 100%, but primarily about table fellowship. When you invite someone into your home for a meal, it is special. It doesn't matter how informal the meal is. I don't care whether you're cooking hot dogs or having a, a pancake or whether you're having some elaborate six-course meal. That doesn't matter. It matters that they've invited you to their home and given you this place of honor in their home just to be there. Now, there are many ways that hospitality is, is honored, I know. In our house, we find ourselves asking people over for dessert more than a full meal. We're almost 75. We don't have quite the energy we used to have. Fixing a full meal is a little more energetic requirement, and we just soon not do that. So when we want to go to a full meal, we go to a restaurant with people and enjoy that with people, have hospitality there. But where does the greatest hospitality occur? In my house. It is in my house where we have some intimate conversations. It is in my house where we have the most intimate prayer and sharing with one another, even if it's just over a dessert. It's in my house that people walk away and say, boy, I'm sure glad I was there or I was here this evening. That's when I feel like when I go to somebody's house and they're hospitable to me, I walk away and say, boy, I'm really glad I came to this house today. Now, I understand that in PG, I've been here before for some years, so I, I know a little bit about PG. If I understand PG, it could use some more table hospitality. That's where the most important, deepest hospitality comes. But our culture, our culture, for some of us, not everybody, but for a lot, our culture is not inviting people into our house. Now, if I understand the Christian faith, there is a kingdom of God culture that is different from the kingdom of earth culture. And if I'm a Christian, my job is to follow the kingdom of God culture even if it's contrary to the kingdom of earth culture where I live. My job is to show the world I am part of the kingdom of God and that's different from being a part of the kingdom of man. We're in the world, but not of the world. But our job is to choose. Sometimes that's hard, to choose a kingdom priority over an earthly priority. Because our culture is very strong. 
Our culture has taught us since we were babies. And we have to have a transformational kind of experience sometimes in order to get past that culture. I just want you to think on that this week. Now, Jesus was known for his hospitality that he gave to all kinds of people. Zacchaeus was a hated fellow Jew. He was the guy who got the highest bid from the Roman government to collect taxes from the Jewish people. They hated him. Jesus was hospitable to Zacchaeus. Jesus was also hospitable to children. On more than one occasion, we find Jesus calling out children or paying attention to children when the disciples said, you kids stay away. This is Jesus. Don't mess with him. He fools with adults only, not children. And Jesus said, let them come on over here. And Jesus takes them up in his arms and he uses them in illustration about who is going to be in the kingdom of God versus who's not going to be in the kingdom of God. He honors children, shows hospitality to children. In today's text, hospitality is sacred because Jesus' identity is revealed. And Cleopas and his friend, when they see who this person is, when Jesus is revealed to them for who he is, their response was what? To go tell the disciples what they had experienced. Now this is all... This doesn't have anything to do specifically with witnesses, witnessing to people who are outside the church. This incident, I'm not saying you're not supposed to do that. I'm just saying this is not that here. That's not this incident. This is talking about people within the fellowship of God. Who we need to bear witness to. That they are included. That no matter what their station is... They are important to the kingdom of God. And hospitality does that. Now, this is an aside, but some of you who got years on you versus some of you who don't have as many years on you need to do a lot more talking. One of the most difficult jobs in the church any church, my church back home at Emerywood, PG Church, I, I don't care what church it is, unless they're just all old people, or unless they're all young people, which is not usually the case. But the old people and the young people need to find ways to communicate with one another. And one way that you can do that is invite each other in some hospitable way to be together, to talk to one another, get to know one another, to find out what you care about and what you don't care about, to find out what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy. Not about church, but about life. Church will take care of itself. But hospitality in this place 
is about hospitality we share with one another. Not with the outside world. The table set before you this morning is not large enough for us all to get around. But there's enough there for everybody here. And we're going to have some hospitality around this table. My prayer all this week has been that you would find the revelation of God in this table this morning. And that in that revelation, you would decide who you needed to show hospitality to and find a way to do it.